Welcome to Everybody Loves Communism, the leftist history theory and podcast where we do the reading so you don't have to. I'm Jamie Peck. And I'm Aaron Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is actually not really a reading heavy episode, although, you know, I'm sure there is stuff that you can go read that is relevant to what we're going to be discussing. But um, yeah, this is a little, uh, what do we call it? A little post forest uh, wrap up. Yeah, a little, a little post forest analysis. A little post forest analysis. A little post game analysis. Post arboreal analysis. Uh, yeah, I did. We did some pre pre forest pre game analysis. Mm. God, I look awful in this uh, in this video right now. I'm still so tired. Well, they can't. They, from they can't see you. I know I can, but I'm just gonna put my little. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Oh, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can I can look at you. No. That's fine. You like hide That's myself. Fine. Hide. I just really well. This I'm using Maddie's old computer because mine finally fucking died. So I'm not used to seeing myself on a giant screen like this because mm. it's a desktop. Mm. Anyway. Um, let's see. Where was I? Yes, that's right. We did an episode before I went to Atlanta. We talk a little about the effort to stop cop city. Yeah. You, and then you, interviewed, you interviewed someone. So you, you guys can someone. go back and listen to, uh, I think that was like maybe an episode or two ago. You guys can go back and listen to that. It's in the main feed. Yeah. Go back, check that out. We actually wound up hanging out with that person in the forest, which was cool. I was like, Oh my God, it's you IRL. Um, and then I actually fucking went because this, this stuff, it's not a joke to me. It's real. So, you know, I find out about a struggle that's happening and, you know, I get interested in it and I gotta, I gotta fucking go there. Also, Aaron is already in Atlanta. Indeed. So it worked out very nicely for us to go together. Yeah. And, um, I, I live here obviously, uh, and, but I haven't been to the forest or very much involved, uh, uh, and been what's going on with defending it and against Cop City. And this is my first time going. And I mean, you know, to, not only for people who live here, but also I will talk about this because there are people um, who are coming from all across the country, right? And support from all across the world, really, I would say, too. Um, but people coming across the country here because uh, it's a big fucking deal, you know? Uh, I think this is kind of like, it's a, a little bit of a harbinger, not a little bit, very much of a harbinger of what's to come you know, in terms of worsening material conditions and widening uh, contradictions and the way the state responds to these kinds of challenges. So uh, I'm happy you came, Jamie, and I'm happy you uh, brought me back into uh, into organizing. Thank you. I am so happy. That's the best birthday present a girl could possibly <laughs> hope for besides, you know, diamonds and jewels and money. No, no, no. <laughs> what I want more than that is for Aaron to get back in the struggle and he did. So fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, also I wound up, I was trying to get home in time for my birthday, but I wound up not being able to do that for uh, a number of reasons that are too boring <laughs> to get into here. But uh, I like doing stuff like this. So it was fine to do that yeah. on my birthday. And, you know, obviously I'm going to have a little party now with my friends, but I digress. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get through. Let's fucking go. So I have sort of a rough chronology a little recap of what we did. Uh, some of it I had to like reconstruct based on my very minimal number of Instagram story posts because <laughs> I just really wasn't posting that much. Yeah, just yeah. living in the moment. Yeah. It's wild. Um, but yeah, so Saturday, what did we do? 
Okay, so I guess I feel like I didn't introduce this well enough. Mm-hmm. I went down to Atlanta for the week of action uh, as part of the movement to stop Cop City uh, defending the Atlanta forest, uh, some 300 acres of forest, which is currently a public park for people to enjoy, you know, roller skating, walking their dogs, whatever. We actually did see some people on roller skates and they looked really cool. They did look really cool. Um, <laughs> for people to, you know, recreational stuff, right? They, uh, they want to park there. Most people think that that is better than a city for cops to practice killing people in. Even people who aren't like fully on board with abolition, right? They don't want their park taken away and replaced with, uh, among other things, like a shooting range where people are going to be, cops are going to be shooting guns mm-hmm. constantly. Apparently, they use a school bus for target practice. That's just like a fun fact that I found out. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, like, why would they do that? They're, it's fucked up. I mean, also, too, uh, given the name Cop City, it's supposed to be a mock city so that the cops can, uh, I guess, practice urban warfare, right? In this uh, increasingly uh, fraught future, right? Uh and, mm-hmm. you know, there's also a Institute of Social Justice there, you know, which, uh, you know, I've talked about, uh, oh you know, on a couple uh, on a couple programs, this one included, which, you know, it's just to me just kind of indicates that they're laughing at us. You know, you know, what I mean, that the, the it's almost like parodic, the <laughs> irony of the Atlanta Police Department or Foundation promising that they're going to have an Institute of Social Justice where police officers will be trained uh, I guess what in the in the ways of Ibrahim X Kendi or some shit like that. You know they're going to be doing anti racist training there. I don't I don't fucking know. It's a, but uh yeah it's a it's it's, it's very Orwellian. It's very, it's, yeah it's very Orwellian. It's pretty it's pretty fucking bad. It's awful. But yes, so we need obviously can't let them build that. So uh, there is a big movement, and part of that movement is an encampment. Only part of it though. There were also a lot of actions downtown, as we'll get into in a little bit. So. Aaron and I went to participate and to check it out uh, because, you know, we're not just regular journalists. We're, uh, we're podcasters, man. We're <laughs> agitators. We're participants with a strong point of view. Yeah. We're not uh, trying to be neutral here. Sometimes there's a, a right side and a wrong side and you really want to be on the right one. So, uh, we'll also think so to, uh, for the name of this program, everybody loves communism. And although this was, um, you know, this is not just a, this is an effort that includes people from, I mean, people who are liberals, people who are progressives, anarchists. We're going to be talking about the anarchists in the forest who are primarily mm-hmm. defending the forest. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think people from, you know, all walks of life, unless you're a fucking cop or the mayor of Atlanta or one of the uh, many corporations um, on board funding this shit, uh, it's just kind of it's kind of disgusting and reprehensible, you know. And also, yeah. did not mention as well that this is a this forest is uh, the lung of Atlanta, one of the lungs of Atlanta. So I mean, you know, this captures in I guess uh, carbon and prevents the city from getting extremely hot, uh, giving increasing temperatures with climate change. So you know, also flooding, right? It prevents uh this forest. It also prevents a lot of flooding, right? That uh. Mm-hmm. So, it prevents yeah. the flooding from being worse. Yes, from being is, worse. Uh, yeah. Probably how we should say it because everywhere has been getting like horrible floods lately. But the yeah. forest absorbs a lot of the rainwater exactly. now. So it would be even worse without it. So many things that... The, oh, shit. I'm going to silence my phone. Mm. So many things that the forest does uh, for the people of Atlanta. Go back and listen to our other episode if you want details. So Saturday, first day of the week of action, I drove down with some friends got there Friday night. 
um, Saturday, we went to the first action, uh, the real, really the kickoff of the week, which was a big old march yeah. in through the park to the place where they were hoping to reestablish the encampment. Mm. And this march was very peaceful. It was, um, there were children there. There were clergy there. Shout out to uh, the Reverend Kiana Jones. She uh, is always a very powerful speaker. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. I was wearing shorts. People Very nice pets. after coming from cold fucking New York. Yeah, there were lots of good doggos there. Even a cat, which I didn't notice till later. I don't know if that the guy with the cat was at that was it particular on, was march. It on a, was it on a leash? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember when we were hanging out in the forest at a Monday oh, night? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had not met the cat yet, but yeah, there was a guy who brought his cat. Like, it was really, just chilling really, on like, the fucking tree. Scared the shit out yeah, of me, dude. Real, like, oogle guy yeah. who brought his cat on a leash. You know, yeah. it takes all kinds. Everyone is welcome at the forest. This is true. Um, and we had a great march. Aaron got really funky <laughs> with the drum bit. line. Loves the drum line. This guy I, loves I did, the drum line. I did love the drum line. The drum line was pretty, was pretty good. It was, it was, it was sick. And you know, it was a beautiful walk. We walked like a mile, I think. Yeah. I think like a mile. The forest. Like a mile. And, um, peacefully reestablished the encampment mm. and the cops did not even try to stop us. So that was a real W on the first day. And mm. I even got to DJ a little bit, uh, mm. where, when everyone was milling around at the end of the March, mm. my friends like, Oh, Jamie, do you want a DJ? I've, we really, we need an emergency DJ. And I was like, I've been waiting my whole life to hear those words. <laughs> to DJ in the forest. I mean, that's mm-hmm. ideal. If you want to DJ anywhere, it has to be in the forest, I think. Of course, right. of course. So then we left uh, because it wasn't clear that there was going to be vegetarian food. And <laughs> most of the people in my crew were vegetarian. Maybe we spent a bit too long uh, on that on their errand in town. Mm. Oh, well, uh, missed most of the music festival. Yeah. Cause that's caught some of it. That's what there was too. We also probably should have mentioned as well. And Saturday, not only was there the March to take back the encampment, um, but to reestablish the encampment, but there was also a, well, I'm sorry if you did mention this, Jamie, but just to reiterate, there's a, there was a music festival there. Um, yeah, I did. Was, I did not mention that. Which was a family friendly, uh, peaceful, obviously, you know, um, I'm not sure what artists were there, but I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty big. People traveled again from across the country to jam out in the forest. That's right. I mean, look, it was, it definitely was a peaceful and wonderful and nice event, but you know, we were trespassing. So the people who went to the music festival knew that there was some risk involved because it was being held on a piece of land that is currently owned by Oh fuck! What the fuck is this fucker's name? The the Hollywood dystopia guy, the uh, the person who's gonna build that big old trying to build the big old Hollywood soundstage there. Not sure. Uh, not important. Not fuck important. that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck all these people. Um, uh, that goes without uh, saying. Yeah. So, but like, it was cool because okay, what little I caught of it, it was pretty much like a normal music festival mm-hmm. where there's like a stage in a field somewhere and, you know, everyone's kind of hanging out, yeah. listening to music. Um, but it was better than a normal music festival because every artist was like, fuck the police, a cab baby. Hell yeah. You know, they just like periodically get on the mic. And I managed to see a little bit of it. There was a hip hop artist on 
when I made it back to the woods that night. Um, there was also a lot of punk, mm-hmm. indie rock, dance music, some like really good house DJs at the end. So it was a very diverse uh, music festival. Faye Webster, apparently a big country artist. She was actually on stage when the cops were there the next night, which we're going to get into. Holy but um, yeah, it was, it was a good vibe. It was a cool vibe. And I was like, well, you know what? I missed most of it today, but there's half of it's left tomorrow. So it'll be fine. This was like the second day, right? The second day of action throughout like the week, right? For the week. I think this is the first official day. This is the first official day. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the week of action. Yeah. Although every day is a day of action when you're trying to stop Cobb City. And and also too, I mean, you know, we're kind of going through, I guess, the events of that weekend. But again, like that Saturday when we first went out was, I mean, not only was it like you know, like peaceful, but I mean, it was positive, you know, and I mean, it remains positive, but, uh, I think like in light of what happened the next day on Sunday, you know, given what had happened on Saturday, it just like the, the dichotomy was so stark, you know, it really reminded me, you know, reminded me. And I think of a lot of people of, not only at what's at stake, but like what we're up against, who we're up against, because the cops are sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They can take a look at a peaceful music festival full of, you know, children and families and think, well, fuck those terrorists. And exactly. that is exactly, uh, everyone that's exactly in, what happened. Everyone involved is, 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 uh, is a terrorist. Exactly. Yep. So, okay. The music festival was fun. It was a cool vibe. I'll say a little bit about the crowd of the people there. I think um, the encampment itself, which was sort of uh, sort of an anarchist dominated space, although, you know, not everybody identifies that way. I would say race wise and age wise, very similar to DSA. Uh, The primary difference. Wait, what does that that mean? Just to clarify, Jamie, what does that mean? Very similar to DSA? I, I, I would say it's it's similar to DSA. In that it is, you know, probably majority white people, but mm. not all white people. Mm. There were a lot of non-white people of color. There were, you know, a scattering of black people there. Mm. I would say it kind of mirrors the demographics of the, uh, you know, the the downwardly mobile millennial middle class yeah. <laughs> of this country, yeah. shall we say. People who, you know, went to college. Although not everybody at this encampment went to college. Mm. Um and you know, and this is the encampment. Have- just again, this is the encampment because we'll talk about this too. Because I have had some preconceived notions, but this is the encampment that we're talking about. This is not the movement against Cop yeah. City writ large, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Just just the encampment part of it. Um, I'd say the primary, most notable, noticeable difference from the kind of DSA demo. Um, there were a lot more queer and trans people there. Mm-hmm which has been true of other anarchist dominated spaces that I've been in in the past. Um, And, you know, it was a little more subcultural. There were a lot more like punks and, you know, people who just looked really cool. I mean, artists and creatives, individuals, I think, I think a big part of it too, is that like, you know, not only the political, I guess, facet of this, obviously, you know, but I think people there are not only just love nature, but they love to create, you know, and I think like yeah. being in nature helps in the career. I remember there was a flyer that someone was passing around. I didn't read all of it, but it was something about music, right? And especially like music and nature. And I mean, it was a, it's just this kind of beautiful sort of, um, um, I don't know, this reverence, you know, for like 
you know, what makes us human. You know what I mean? Being out in nature yeah. and jamming with your friends, man. Yeah. 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 Oh, hell yeah. And I will also say it has on that tip sort of um, a different approach than an organization like DSA where we're all just like constantly bringing our hands, trying to appeal to normies mm. or trying to not be subcultural. Like a lot of this movement came out of the Atlanta subcultural music scene, which is very diverse. You know, I'd say punk and hip hop and dance music are the three most popular art art forms. Yeah. And they <laughs> music, all, fo- no, music represented. No, you're right. And like as someone who lives down here again, um, um, I got to go to more shows, by the way. Uh, I don't play music myself, I guess, if I did. But the subcultures, it's really cool in Atlanta because they all sort of intersect and meld together, you know? You'll see the same people that are at a punk show, that are at a hip-hop show the next night, that are at, like, a dance show, you know what I mean? So it's like, a, that's a, that's what I do really love about the, uh, one of the many things I do love about the subcultural music scene or cultural scene just writ large in Atlanta, right? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just one more reason why I'm going to have to come back Hell over yeah. and over again. Hell yeah. Um, hope you're ready. So, yeah. So that night, uh, the dance music, the the festival was still going after we set up our tents in the dark. Uh, I say we, me and my comrades who I went down oh, with. Oh, yeah, because I went, I went uh, back. So this some of this is news to me because uh, most of this because I went back to my place. I went back to his place, mm. which, by the way, is fine to do. There are lots and lots of people involved with this who do not camp. Camping is not for everyone. Yeah. Um, especially oh, if I you are, uh, especially <laughs> if you are, uh, uh, if you are black. But I'm for everyone, for everyone. But uh, you know, there's a uh, there's or risk involved for you, everyone. You know. If you live in New York and you just don't particularly like camping, because uh, <laughs> I do not, but I, you know, I gave it the good college try. And this is why it is also important that there were a decent number of Oogles mm. involved, like just sort of quasi homeless, train hopping, crusty, like anarcho punks with their Dougals, you know, mm. dog on a leash. They all have like one long dread in the back and they uh, generally are pretty good at camping. So just like with Occupy or with anything, any movement that involves a physical encampment, it is good to have some of those folks on board so that the people who don't want to camp do, do not have to. Yeah. So yeah, let's see. I set up my tent in the dark with some help, um, <laughs> <laughs> hung out at the festival for a while. It's really like an extrovert's dream, this place, because there's just always people to hang out with. Yeah, and, and everyone, every I wasn't there that night again, but um, we were there. We were there together one night, a couple of nights after, and everyone there was, I'm assuming it's the same vibe. Um, and this was yeah, sort of more yeah. of a forest hangout, but everyone there was very friendly, right? Very, 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 very which friendly. you would Because you're all there so. for a reason. Exactly, exactly. And so it's like, hello, comrade. And like, you know, people were using their forest names, mm-hmm. which is... You know, it has a practical purpose for info security, but it's also kind of fun to call each other like, you know, cute animal, animal names. names. So. Spider and Sparrow. Wait. Yeah. 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 I mean, that ship has sailed. Like we got recognized enough times at this thing for me to be like, all right, I guess we're just doing these fake names for fun okay. because my, mine's, there are a my, lot of people who know who mine, we are. Mine sounds enough like my name though. You know, that I could like, I'd be like, yeah, Aaron Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, maybe. Yeah. It was funny. My friends did not even have to guess at all yeah. what my name was because yeah. spiders are just kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, okay. I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. I'm hanging out at the music festival. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to go to sleep now. Ha ha. Um, 
had a lot of things working against me that night. <laughs> um, I mean, no. Okay. I'll start at the beginning. My tent was too small. I borrowed a tent from somebody who had like donated it to the movement, but uh, it didn't really fit my camping pad. So mm. I was kind of scrunched up at the top and the bottom. Uh, kind of had to curl up a little bit to make myself fit. <laughs> um, I was really cold. It dropped into the low 40s it did, at it night. Did, it did get cold. People, I think people think that uh, because it's Atlanta, that just means it's over the south that it's warm. But uh, it drops at night, folks. I got really cold. Yeah. And you know what? My sleeping bag was kind of warm, but my face was really cold. So like I had to put on my balaclava and use it for what it's actually for <laughs> to try to keep my fucking face warm. Uh, the rave was pretty loud and it went pretty late. Um, so that was keeping me up even after I took a sleep aid, which like made me feel pretty out of it. Um, but, you know, I would say the the most the primary factor that kept me from sleeping aside from all that was anxiety because there was a police helicopter circling overhead yeah. and um, someone actually told me some bad intel, which was that uh, they do that when there's about to be a raid, which as it turns out is not true. They do that all the time. Just to <laughs> fact check. Just to like terrorize people. I mean, that's like their, their entire role. Like you were saying earlier, Jamie, if we know that we're not supposed to be there and there are, well, as we'll talk about tomorrow, you know, when there are enough of them, um, but I mean, otherwise, you know, they're, I don't even think they're doing like, yeah, surveillance. Sure. Right. But I think they're also just terrorizing the shit out of people. You know what I mean? They're making it impossible for you to sleep, for you to think, yep. you know, you're already in a place where they can raid you from, at any moment from anywhere in the dark. And now you have to worry yep. about this fucking mechanical flying beast over your head, right? All night. You know what I yeah. mean? So. Yeah, it was. It kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Also, they did kill someone. Yeah, not that far yeah, from where have, I was trying to sleep. Like not kills. that long ago. Exactly, and where you so. were trying to sleep, Jesus man. So you know, it's like understandable that I had anxiety. Mm. Um, everyone else seemed like they got a decent night's rest, though. I don't know how they did that, but mm. uh, it just it just really sucked because I was really committed to camping there, but. You know, nobody but me is mad at me for failing to camp no. after trying one night. And if I had like an unlimited amount of time there, I probably would have tried a little harder, got a better setup, you know, but like I didn't have that long there. I was just there for the week of action. So I know that if I don't sleep one night, it will incapacitate me for like yeah. 24 hours. And so, And I just want to say, Jamie, too, I mean, we've talked about this, but like, you know, there are a lot of ways that people can like contribute, you know, and like mm -hmm. not everyone, Zerus was saying a moment ago, not everyone should be expected to camp out there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think if this is something that like you should feel strongly about, especially if you like live within Atlanta, live in Georgia, or if you just fucking hate cops, right? And hate capitalism. I mean, uh, there are ways to plug in. You know, there are ways that don't even cost you any money, you know, to plug in. You know what I mean? Especially 100%. if you live in the area. So, um, you know, that's a uh, that's that's all good, Jamie, because you were here, you know, you were here during the week of action. You know? I was there. I tried my best. Mm -hmm. So, OK, Sunday, Sunday morning. I probably got like three hours of sleep, maybe once the sun came up and it got a little warmer. I finally was like, ah, mm -hmm. fell asleep, woke up. They're like, announcements. And I was like, oh, God damn it. So, uh, you know, went to morning announcements in the living room, which is like a nice little, nice little, I don't know, 
know if it's it's not really a clearing because there's still trees there, but mm. it's a bit a bit less densely forested than the the rest of the encampment. There's like a fire pit. There's a tent for snacks, snack mm. tent. Which, by the way, this is a very nice forest to camp in as far as go because there were not a lot of bugs yeah. and there were no large animal like there were no bears there. So like yeah. we could have a snack tent of peanut butter and jelly, which would never fly. In uh, you know a less urban <laughs> forest well, environment. I mean, I mean, like uh, just wait till the summer. You know, <laughs> there'll be a there'll be a uh, there'll be a lot of bugs out there then. <laughs> all right. Well, mm. I didn't get bitten at all mm. by mosquitoes, which made me really happy because normally they love me. Mm. But uh, you know, I guess I'll just have to come back and experience that part of it. But yeah. Anyway, Sunday, woke up, didn't feel great. <laughs> Everybody was like working on stuff, making mm. announcements. Like, if you want to work on plant some trees, come with me. If you want to do this, you want to, you know, help dig the shitter or whatever, <laughs> which is also a thing that I refuse to use because I am a princess and I don't want to poop in a hole in the woods. But there were porta-potties in the parking lot for most of it. Yeah. So until they got taken away and not replaced with anything, mm. um, I think the porta potty company might have got spooked. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what happened. I think maybe we need to like hit up the other one in town and be like, hey guys, do you want to be on the right side of history? Yeah. yeah. Bring us some fucking bathrooms. We'll pay for it. <laughs> Just, I really don't want to poop in a hole in the ground. Possibly, I don't know what I'm missing. Possibly, it's great. Mm. I will never know. I will never know what it's like to, you know, mm. to poop in the woods while making contact, <laughs> eye contact with an oogle. No, it's it's, it's great, Jamie. You won't you won't live until you have. <laughs> next time, next mm. time. So yeah, Sunday, crucial day, um, second day of the music festival. But you know, me being a little sleepyhead, I kind of peeled off. I mean, really, I was basically a zombie at this point being yeah. controlled by my driven by my brainstem. Yeah. So, you know, my zombified corpse just kind of got up and slowly backed away until I was in my car. And <laughs> then, oh, look, I drove to Aaron's house. I guess I'm taking a nap. <laughs> and I woke up, you know, a few hours later. I was like, all right, I can do this. I got a little sleep. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll even persuade Aaron to come with me. Yeah. And then my friends were like, uh, actually don't come. The cops are here. It's a bad situation. Yeah. So this is Sunday. What happened? What happened then? Oh my God. Um, the raid that I was, I was just too sleepy to be there, Yeah. <laughs> which is like the most me story. If you know me. <laughs> Well, I just really need my sleep. Well, like, uh, yeah, the cops is Sunday. So the cops, uh, apparently, I'm not sure of the order of events, but it. Oh, I can tell you. You can tell. Go ahead. You know. So, okay. As far as I know, mm. here's what happened. Um, there was a big march earlier in the day. Apparently, that was really great. Um, there was the music festival going from the afternoon onwards, uh, at a certain point in time, a very large black block of people mm. in black block and camo broke off, kind of marched around, let everyone know that, you know, things were about to get a little spicy mm -hmm. over yonder. If you went with them, mm. you know, they were going to do some riskier shit that involved, you know, masking up yeah. and uh, concealing their identities. Uh, so at that point in time, I think anyone who was like, this is too spicy for me, had the chance to leave. People who are like, 
oh, fuck yeah, I'm in for whatever this is. I had a chance to, you know, put on masks and go with them. Mm -hmm. Most of the people were just like, that's cool. I'm going to chill here. Uh, so this, this block of people, they went to, so, okay, where the music festival and the encampment were, do a little geography lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, they were partly the land that is owned by the Hollywood soundstage, partly land that is still just public land. Um, the other side of the river, however, is this future site of cop city or yeah. just kidding. Not really. Cause cop city is never going to be fucking built, mm -hmm. but it's where they're trying to build cop city. And they haven't gotten very far because, you know, people from the forest, the Georgia Ewoks, keep uh, sabotaging the construction site. So basically that's what happened. Uh, they went across the river. They did a nice uh, little direct action, yeah. burned some construction. Some, some construction equipment was burned. Mm. A police surveillance tower was taken over and the crew got away. Like not a single person was captured in this little little skirmish. So of course the cops were very angry about that. Yeah. Um, by the way, not a single person, not a single human being was harmed in the course of this action. No. So I'm not going to say that it was violent. It was a nonviolent direct action, and it was very effective. I mean, they weren't the ones. They weren't the ones threatening people, right? Yeah. No. So right after that, um, the cops got really mad that they couldn't catch any of the people, raided the fucking music festival. Mm. All these people, families, children, uh, just peacefully listening to music. The cops came in and they were pointing guns everywhere. They pointed a gun in a fucking bouncy house. Like they had their rifles out. Yeah, just, um, just, just like, again, like just, you know, imagine like not even just the upscale and like the reaction from the cops, you know, given that Saturday was peaceful. I mean, all right, sure. You know, uh, they're taking over a surveillance tower and burning the shit, but uh, you are fucking tearing down a forest. But that being said, um, I mean, just the cops going through this forest and pointing guns in a bouncy house. I mean, just like, again, like the context I mean, that shit's there, like, not just for, like, you know, children, but that shit's there for everyone, you know? It's an event that mm -hmm. clearly, you know, this is not, like, some sort of bunker, you know, that the cops are, or some sort of a safe house that the cops are uh, uh, raiding, you know? So, again, it was, sociopaths. Yeah, it wasn't, it was, a, the, the reaction, I would say, was not entirely unexpected, mm -hmm. but it was certainly disproportionate to uh, what had been done to them, mm -hmm. um, what was I going to say? Fuck. Uh, also, also, yeah. I mean, it does. The timeline does make it seem like it was a direct response, but uh, the cops have raided this encampment at many points in time in response to nothing at all. So, except the general presence of the people there. So, you can't say that it was solely the fault of the people who sabotaged the construction site mm -hmm. that the cops did that because they might have been going to do it anyway. But, but. When they did it on this particular night, they were uh, just like obviously really pissed off and didn't really have a coherent plan yeah. for what they were going to do. Um, they chased a family with a little baby through into the woods. They were like, we have a child. They're like, we don't care. They beat someone so badly. This is like some bad old days shit, or I guess it's not the old days because it still fucking happens. Mm. They beat someone so badly that they didn't even arrest him afterwards. Like they just let his friends take him to the hospital. Jesus, man. 
and you know they were shooting tear gas and pepper balls at people the the poor journalist for unicorn riot had to stop for a while because she got tear gassed mm-hmm. and she couldn't talk mm-hmm. for a bit she had someone else take over um and one interesting thing that they were doing they arrested about 40 people or they have arrested about 40 people i think maybe they arrested 30 people that night during the music festival um but one interesting thing they did was they were letting people go who had atlanta addresses and they were only keeping only arresting people who had addresses from outside of atlanta to build this kind of outside agitator narrative absolutely which is you know dumb in a lot of ways yeah which is why you know like that's what they're doing which is why you and other people who were uh coming from out uh, from out of town um, remember a, a Georgia address or Atlanta address, you know, rather, I guess, uh, more specifically because, uh, yeah, they want to build this narrative and, you know, we'll talk about that too. Um, but yeah, they want to build this narrative with this charge that this is not something that's homespun, you know, that this is coming yeah. from, uh, not just at outside agitators, but domestic terrorists. Right. Which is ironic considering the fact that, um, I think nearly half of the cops that are going to get trained at this facility are going to be from outside of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, including from places as far away as Israel. You know, fascists yeah. got to stick together. Yeah. And like, kind of got to wonder who the terrorists are when one side has killed zero people and the other side has killed lots and lots of people. I mean, and, I, you know, beaten them, et cetera. I saw this uh, Twitter thread. I forgot from who that was saying that the cops have been talking about Cop City or, you know, the movement against defending Cop City as if um, it's a war zone. And um, already, you know, they've committed, uh, you know, numerous war crimes, right, and using chemical agents, right, and um, and, uh, refusing people uh, food and water by tearing down their tents with their provisions in it, you know. I mean, and, like, you know, these are things like, well, yeah, like they're fucking cops, obviously. But I, the the context in which this is being framed is if the people in the forest and the movement itself largely is being, you know, motivated by outside agitators and domestic terrorists is a, it's completely insane, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is what they're charging people with, by the way. Yeah. They have not charged anybody yet with any specific crime connected to the sabotage of the construction site. Mm. A lot of people are only being charged with domestic terrorism or domestic terrorism and trespassing, which, you know, it's kind of funny (laughs) if you think about what you normally associate with a terrorist. You know, it's not generally just that they trespass. And they're doing this to people on the ground so they have mud on their shoes, which LOL, stupid little pigs. They don't even know how mud works. Like I literally always have mud on my shoes. I don't know about you because <laughs> all that means is I just at some point in time w- walked in some mud and then did not clean off my shoes afterwards because I'm a dirty, uh, dirty girl. I mean, this is just, again, like, cops are just morons, you know. And this is, I mean, this is also just an even like this is they. this is just an excuse for them to harass people, you know. Yeah, That's they're trying to scare everybody. Yeah. They're basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to scare everybody away. To get people to say, oh, I don't want to be charged with terrorism. But that's not going to fucking stick. It's not going to hold up in any, you know, legitimate, quote unquote, court. I just, I really don't see it. But, you know, it still sucks that they did that and they arrested people and um, they tased people, traumatized people, towed people's cars, you know, just to be dicks 
uh, <laughs> we were technically allowed to be there in the public parking lot at the very least. Mm. Um, but the music continued for like two hours after the cops got there, including Faye Webster, who was apparently pretty big. She just like went on and played anyway during the raid, which is pretty cool. Can I can I just add, and notably can I just add yeah, something yeah. to Nob? Uh, we were talking about kids being there, and you mentioned this family that was chased into the wood with their baby, and I saw a video where people were um, uh, putting their hands up and they were like in a line, you know, facing the cops. And there's like a bunch of cop cars in front of them. Um, the cops are outside the cars, the sirens are on, the lights are, not the sirens, but the lights are kind of blaring or whatever. Very dramatic looking scene. Someone's filming this and they're shouting, we have kids, you know, we have kids, you know, because as you mentioned, somebody was killed there. And, you know, if you're there and the cops start raiding, you're under the impression that they are going to shoot. They were also, there's also video um, of someone uh, being threatened by the cops, right? That if he didn't evacuate, mm -hmm. he was going to shoot, right? So uh, this is, yeah, this is this is not only disproportional, this is like homicidal, right? Like, uh, yeah. this is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they were obviously really pissed off and... Yeah. Um, just reacting, but um, I really, I really don't think that they have any larger strategy, and we'll get to that at the end, I think. Mm. But um, everyone's tents were still there, mm. by the way. Like I was really, I just assumed that all my shit was gone after the raid. I was like, oh god, my camp, my fancy camping pad. I bought this at a time in my life when I had a real job, and my friend was making me go camping a lot. It's really nice. It was still there. Mm. Like the cops don't really like to go into the woods at night and chase people because they're also a little bit scared and a little bit lazy, I think, despite mm. having all the guns. Um, all the tents were still there. They just slashed one or two of them to be assholes on this particular occasion. Mm. But uh, everything was there. If they really wanted to clear the encampment, they would have. But I think they were just hoping they could like scare everybody into going home. But um you know, luckily for the movement, that did not happen. And um, they would have to have like a real military style occupation in order to keep people because there's just so many entrances and exits exactly. to the forest. There's so many ways you can go in and out. Yeah. So if people are determined, if land defenders are determined, not just there, like in any any kind of semi-rural mm -hmm. area like that, um, they're going to fucking stay. So, yeah, um, Monday, I would say... The vibe was a little uncertain. Yeah. People were a little bit scared, a little bit traumatized by what happened the night before. Um, there were some meetings. I feel like I can say that there were meetings. Yeah, uh, there were there were meetings. There there well, we, we went, went to, to meeting. some meetings. We uh, I introduced you to some people. Introduced mm. I I never know if I'm supposed to be talking to you or the or the, the folks at home. Uh, you, I, you, me, I you isn't me, you. Yeah, I, I, I introduced me. uh my co-host Aaron, who I am currently doing a podcast with, to some people, and hopefully uh, they're gonna keep in touch yeah. even after I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I think so. I liked. Um, um, I don't know. I liked. I liked it, the fact that the meetings again. No one. You were talking about differences, I guess, with like an organization like DSA, and we had these conversations amongst ourselves. And this is no particular shade. To DSA, not that I like, you know, care about making criticisms. You know, I think that's like a healthy thing to do. But um, you know, I think this was definitely less structured in a sense where nobody not only is no one in charge, but 
like uh, input is welcomed about how to proceed, but it was also very much realized and expressed in the meeting, at least that I was in, that we were in, that um, none of these people were under any illusions that they were leading something, right? That they were the vanguard, right, of this movement. Um, someone um, brought up the point that, you know, and this is something I had noticed and we can get into it. We should get into it later towards the end. But, you know, just demographically speaking, you know, when it comes to like defending the forest and what the de racial demographic of the movement looks like. And there are a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, illusions about that and a lot of like incorrect things that people say in propaganda, obviously, that the state and the city are pushing. But, you know, this person mentioned that, yeah, like if we can coalition build right with the hbcus especially with the clergy and we saw the clergy there and the hbc on saturday and the hbcus have been involved so i just think it was like i don't know very healthy uh healthy uh uh i don't even say debate you know not that anyone was shying from it but just engagement you know among people that uh you know like uh actually want to do something so thanks for uh again tammy thanks for facilitating that you know Aw, thanks for coming, buddy. Yeah. Thanks to I'm everyone. So glad. I'm so glad. No, I'll just say thanks to everyone. <laughs> I know no one's listening. No one's probably listening that was there with us. But uh, everyone who is involved in Cop City and listening, uh, thank you to, to all y'all. And again, thanks to yeah, you. thanks, guys. Yeah. Aw, such positive vibes <laughs> coming out of this yeah. week of action. Um, but yeah, the vibe, I think there was a, a little affinity group formed around rescuing the vibe mm. shall we say yeah. that was not its official name but i was like you know what morale this is my time morale. to shine maybe maybe i didn't do a good job camping mm. i helped with nothing on that day because i was taking a nap but you know what i do know how to do aaron yeah yeah. I know how to vibe. You know how to vibe. You know how to this party. Is, you know this is vibe. one thing. This is one thing I'm very confident <laughs> in. I was like, oh, yes, my skills are once again being called upon. You know, first I DJed. Now I'm like, I'm going to rescue the vibe. So, you know, I wasn't the only person working on this task, obviously. Um, they planned to have a Purim party because mm -hmm. it was the Jewish holiday Purim that night happened to be in the woods. And Purim is a great holiday for many reasons for this particular uh, this particular day and this particular task, right? Because it is a fun holiday. It's not one of the Jewish holidays where you just have to like sit around and think about all the bad shit you've done and like feel bad about yourself. But <laughs> and the bad you know, shit that's you, happened you, to you. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have uh, a priest to confess to because you're Jewish. You just have to like stew in it, you know? Mm. No, that is not one of those holidays. Purim is a holiday when everybody puts on a costume and gets fucked up and thinks about a time when the Jewish people um, defeated their enemies mm -hmm. against terrible odds through the power of uh, the queen. Okay, now I'm getting into the story form a little bit, which probably is, you know, a little in the weeds for this episode. Yeah. This is bonus content. But basically, Queen Esther's bomb-ass pussy uh, in this particular circumstance rescued the Jewish people from, uh, from genocide. So... That's that's a cool thing to think about when you're trying to rescue the vibe, I think. So, uh, yeah, we had a little party. Mm -hmm. I brought a, four liters of wine with me. Maybe some, some other party I favors had some party as well. party favors as well. <laughs> and we all just kind of, you know, variety. we hung out. Mm -hmm. We had a good time yeah. Yeah. by the fire. And I think, um, 
I think we all really needed a night to chill. I'm yeah. like, it would be so mean if they raided us right now. Yeah. They're probably fucking tired. We're fucking tired. Yeah. Like, you know, also, also to, have forum. Also to, uh, uh, you, you, you know, I think you had done an episode maybe uh, way back when with the Antifada, and maybe this is not, I'm hoping making a similar comparison, but it just reminded me. And you guys were talking, you talked with Jake, a uh, friend of the show, Jake Flores, about spring breakers, right? And I think the crux mm-hmm. of the conversation was about can revolutionary energy and potential come out of this sort of, and I guess with the spring breakers, that's more like a bacchanalia more than anything. This was more of a wholesome, chill vibe. But the point is around this camaraderie, right? Around people just enjoying themselves. I don't mean like, you know, having party meetings, right? I don't mean like, you know, even I remember going to DSA bar crawls, that too, but I'm just saying people being in the forest, you know, and like mm-hmm. the, and, and knowing that like, this is the site which we are planning to protect, right? But also getting to know each other and building relationships, you know, and feeling that, you know, there there is this not tenuous, but strong, you know, connection, not just between you in the forest, but between other people in the forest as well. I don't know, man, it was just like a, also, I was uh, I was uh, enjoying those party favors as well, but uh, they were they were they were psychedelic. They were yeah. psychedelic noisemakers and party hats. They're, Very yeah. psychedelic noisemakers and party hats. Indeed. Psychedelic noisemakers and party hats, exactly. To, which uh, which roots you with nature and whatnot. But no, seriously though, uh, you know, besides like the organizing that's actually going on, direct action to. Um, you're right, Jamie. I think we needed this. I think people needed this after Saturday, and I think any movement. You know, I think people need uh, need to have a little levity, a little fun, a little celebration, right? Especially when you know? it seems like shit sucks the most, you know? It's like Emma Goldman said, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. That's right. And I'm happy to report that you can, in fact, dance in this revolution. You can, in fact, so. dance in this revolution. You are encouraged to. Yep, yeah. yep. In fact, if you're not having enough fun... uh. You'll be asked to leave. Yeah. Just kidding. You can go chill in your tent. No one will be mad at you. No one will there be was mad also at you. An inv- there was also an inflatable couch for people to sit on, which I thought was a great and brilliant stroke of genius, yeah. whoever brought that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I'm glad you had fun. Uh, we got a ride home from a very nice guy. Yes. I I was fully prepared to sleep in my tent again and just get you a fucking Uber mm-hmm. if we couldn't get a ride. Cause I was like, like I thought about it for a second and I was like, how embarrassing would it be if I got a DUI at this thing? <laughs> and then, you know, I go to jail, you know, all my friends are there already and they're like, what are you in for comrade? And I have to be like, uh, terrorism, duh, duh. just like you. <laughs> Definitely wasn't driving mm-hmm. all intoxicated. Who would do such a thing? Not me. They probably would find a way to charge me with terrorism for that. Probably. They would charge but, uh, you with terrorism luckily, regardless. <laughs> they would see the mud on my shoes and be like, guilty. But luckily that did not happen because I am a responsible party mom. I would never Very do such a thing. Very responsible party mom. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I got a chance to show you my skills at that. Um, it's really just one thing that makes me feel like I have value as a human. Um, so I went back to Aaron's house, you know, got some rest. Uh, finally, good night's rest. Yes. Good night's rest. Very, very transformative. And then, um, let's see, woke up on Tuesday, moving right along. Uh, so Tuesday I took a tour of the forest 
that was very informative. I won't bore you with all of the details of the, uh, the names of the different plants and the local ecology, but um, I found out some fun facts. Are you ready for some fun facts? Yes. So a large portion of the forest is only 30 to 40 years old hmm. since the last time it was clear cut, which just kind of made me think about just how quickly nature takes that shit back over yeah. after humans leave it alone. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. 30 to 40 years, like that's going to happen after humans finally, you know, wipe ourselves out. Guess what? The trees are going to be fine. They'll reclaim the earth. They're going to, they're going to come right back. Um, I learned a little bit about the plants that grow there. Uh, I learned about what happened when the settlers came and sent the Muscogee people away along the Trail of Tears to Oklahoma. That was uh, obviously pretty fucked. Uh, just to give you one, one small tidbit from this, um, the river mm. used to have so many fish in it that some writer guy who saw it said that you could walk across the water on their backs. Wow, that's pretty And cool. now there are no fish. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, now there are no fish because it's so polluted because the settlers didn't know what the fuck they were doing, mm. farmed on top of the hill, and let a lot of sediment run in there. And obviously since then, there's been like industrial sludge and whatever else happens mm. when uh, modernity encroaches. But yeah, there's no fish. There are hardly any animals. Uh, any beavers you might see are kind of just passing through because they're like, oh man, we got to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, this is, this is uh, bad vibes. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we saw, let's see, I saw where they had cut down a 200-year-old tree the cops trying to, you know, mm. trying to cut down trees and get people out. Um, they've since built some barricades to prevent large vehicles from entering the forest in some places, which I thought was very smart. Mm. Um, I saw some trees where people were previously, people, including Tortuguita, were doing tree sits and the cops uh, came to try to get them out and left them stranded in those trees for hours mm. after they had removed the house itself. They were like hanging from their safety, safety cords. Mm. So that was, uh, you know, they, they definitely tortured, they, they terrorized Tortuguita and others before they actually came in and killed them. Mm. I saw the spot where Tortuguita was killed, which was like pretty intense. Um, definitely some strong feelings were felt, but I'm glad that they are showing it to people because I think it's really important. Yeah. And um, I know that their mom went and led a bunch of people over there after I had left already on mm. um, the other day to scatter Tortuguita's ashes. Mm. So that was really fucking intense. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole tour was really amazing and I'm glad I did it. And a girl actually broke down in tears at the end of it mm. because of all the, I mean, the, what happened to the Muscogee people, what happened to Tortuguita, like what happened to the fucking river, like all of it. It's, put together was like very emotional. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all one continuous thread, right? You know, we're just talking about like you know the way that capital you know uses like the police, you know the way that it uses uh, uh, the enclosure of the commons continuously, you know genocide, colonialism. I mean, all of it is so wrapped up. I mean, and we talk about you know how this is also an issue of like climate justice and also racial justice you know it just it being in a black community uh it's just i don't know it's a lot of different things and i could imagine i mean that night like i was saying to you being there then the night before 
when we were there with all those people, it was, it was overwhelming, you know, it's overwhelming. And, you know, knowing that especially that someone was killed there, right? Um, yeah. Because they were defending a forest. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's overwhelming, you know? So uh, again, like, you know, hats off to anybody that's like, you know, continuously involved in it, right? You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it yeah. was it was a lot, but then, you know, there were moments. I mean, this whole trip was just like moments of intensity, mm-hmm. moments of chill, moments of intensity, moments of fun. So, what did I do later on in the night? Well, first, I had dinner in the forest. Mm-hmm. There were people organizing the food, which. If I were going to be there, if I were going to come back for longer or even just for a little bit, I would really like to get involved with the food because I love cooking for people. Uh, definitely above average, I would say, for like your average like anarchist bombs <laughs> cookout. Nice. There was uh, some barbecue jackfruit and lentils. You know, lentils are a real standby of this kind of scene. But, you know, it's uh, it, it matters what you do with the lentils. Yes. And these lentils were very well executed. You know, I don't want to be like leaving a Yelp review on the, uh, the tourist yeah, the, uh, events, but <laughs> <laughs> five out of five, best new lentils. Mm. Um, and then I went to a punk show because mm. they were having a punk show later. Finally got to see some music at a space that is, I guess, sort of like an info shop mm. in Atlanta. Have you been to this place? I forget what it's even called, but they have like, you know, anarchist scenes and punk shows and talks no. and screenings and stuff at this point at this point y'all i had uh, gotten covid uh, that same that same i think that same <laughs> night the same <laughs> yeah. the same night that i was uh, <laughs> just speaking about in which uh, uh, camaraderie and a uh, pleasure and entertainment with friends oh, is what uh, so really sad. truly the undercurrent of any movement and um i'd still believe these things uh burn during a pandemic though um the, the risk of, uh, of, of, of that being uh, cut short for you are highly increased. Oh, so you I hugged yeah. so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I think I think I was also, uh, uh, there were party favors, I think, that uh, as a comrade would, as a comrade does, that I was sharing. So, you know. Never share your noisemakers. Never share your noisemakers with, with anyone. Or, or that well. That shit has been in someone else's mouth. That's nasty. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, not, I was not present at this point because I was in bed for several hours. All day. So sad. Yeah. So sad. I was like, oh, everyone's having so much fun. Oh, I'm so glad he hugged all those people. And the next day he's like, cough, cough. I have COVID. Yeah, I felt like shit. It wasn't even a cough so much as a fever. It was just feverish. Like, I was just, it was horrible. It wasn't hard. I wasn't, heard you coughing. You heard me coughing? Yeah, yeah, I was coughing. I heard you coughing, coughing yeah. a bit. Yeah. That was really... That sucked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you suck. know, you can't keep this guy down. Can't. He's going to be... <laughs> I, I, I well, you can't. I, well, that shit get me down. But but I will. Uh, you know, nevertheless, nevertheless, I will persist. He's gonna persist, yeah. and there's gonna be so much more to do. Oh my god! Yeah. As I left, okay, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Wednesday, one intense thing that I would like to talk about is there was a vigil at the jail for our comrades who were in the DeKalb County Jail at this point, as well as, you know, a lot of other people Mm -hmm. who were in the jail as well, because, you know, as we've said many times, nobody should be in jail. It's it's wrong to lock human beings in cages, uh, especially as a result of, you know, trying to disappear social problems that the state refuses to deal with any other way. So 
I went to this vigil. It was one of the first times I left the forest and saw uh, some of downtown Atlanta. Or was that downtown? I guess the DeKalb County Jail isn't downtown. No, it's not it was down. in the city. It was, yeah, it's in the city. Like, it was outside. It's like Decatur, right? I guess. It was outside of the forest. Yeah. And there were there was um, a lady from Black Lives Matter there who was um, kind of helping lead the, the megaphone stuff. Mm-hmm. There were other... A lot of people who came over from the forest, but there was, you know, I feel like there was a slightly larger presence of our, you know, more prim- predominantly black coalition partners, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just we wanted to do this. Well, I guess it wasn't really a noise demo because we didn't really have that much stuff to make noise with. We were just <laughs> shouting until we lost our voices. But we did have a megaphone. We were shouting to the people in the jail, telling them that, you know, we see you. We love you. We're working for your freedom. And uh, I got on the megaphone, actually. I got on the mic for a second. The spirit moved me. I was very tired Mm. at this point, but I just, it was a very raw, emotional feeling. And I actually caught a paper airplane. This is crazy. Mm. Uh, So at first, it was a little bit frustrating because people were shouting things out of the jail at us that we couldn't really hear because they were too far away because the cops wouldn't let us go uh, any, like they wouldn't let us leave the sidewalk. Mm and go to like right below where the windows were. Um, so, you know, they were yelling out some things that we could understand about the conditions inside the jail. Apparently there's lead in the water, mm. there's mold in the food. These are, some of these things have been corroborated by uh, one of the forest defenders who was arrested, who's trying to amplify these things now that she's in there. Um, one guy, one guy shouted, we ain't got no TV. <laughs> and I was like, LOL. But like, seriously, like there's nothing to fucking do in jail, especially since COVID. Yeah. So like, give this man a television man to watch. Jesus Christ. At the, I mean, if you're not going to let him out, you at least should give him, <laughs> give him you know, TV. TV and some clean fucking food. Yeah. But um, one thing that happened during this that, uh, oh God, really got me. Somebody threw a paper airplane out. Mm. Oh, and people were like kind of setting some things on fire mm. and throwing them out the windows. So the cops had to go like stamp them out mm. in the bushes. And I was like, be careful. Mm-hmm. But also, I hope that's flaming bag of poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be good? Mm. Uh, but one of the things that came out the window was a paper airplane folded up and I ran and grabbed it and I unfolded it. And there was a note on there from someone who I guess they said, I'm a 17 year old in here with grown men. We love y'all. I was like, fuck. Now, like, look, I'm not the kind of person who thinks things happen for a reason. I'm a very uh, unspiritual (laughs) materialist kind of gal. But now since I did catch that paper airplane, I really feel like I need to find out who this kid is and try to help them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just fucking insane, man. That's really insane. (sighs) Yeah. God, it was it was a lot, like I said. Um, but yeah, then we hung out a little more in the forest, went back Thursday. There was a big march Thursday mm. in downtown Atlanta. Aaron still had COVID, yeah. so he couldn't go, but I sent him the link. Did you watch it? I did watch, did you watch, I watched the live stream? I did, I did watch some of it, yeah. Oh, good. Mm. What'd you think? I mean, I just really like the fact that uh, I think this is, you know, one of the things that I had talked about. And I, you know, I live here and... You know, although, you know, I can't, I I can't say a lot of shit because I hadn't been involved. But, you know, having lived here and knowing that it's in a black neighborhood, you know, on Saturday, you know, I was kind of 
hoping, I guess this is in the encampment though, I was kind of hoping that there would be, or I was under the impression that um, there weren't uh, there weren't members of the black community as heavily involved as I had thought or hoped. But I was wrong, right? Not only was I wrong with the clergy on Saturday, but this um this march, right? And these, I think the I think every day there were uh, not just this specific march, but there were marches to organizations that were funding um, that were funding the the cop city, and a lot of this these like marches and movements and call outs were led by black student unions from Georgia State or HBCUs. So uh, yeah, uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, because there are like there there you know the state will you know, pedal propaganda, right, that will have comrades, I mean, myself at least, questioning, right, questioning, like, you know, the validity of our movement or the merit of our movement. And then I'm like, nah, man, you know, then when you're actually, like, out there and a part of it, you know, and you see that, no, there are people overwhelmingly, first of all, in the community that rejected Cop City when it was open for, quote, open for public comment, which was, I think, only about like 12 or 16 hours or something, either 12, 12 or 16 hours, which is nothing for public comment. But in overwhelmingly black communities, you know, um, they were against it. So again, to see that like actually like materialize and see people come out in the rain, because I think it had rained that night too. You yes, know? it was raining. Yeah, to see black people come out, you know, young black people come out, clergy come out, you know, um, it was heartening because this is a... This is a, they call it they call Atlanta Black Mecca, even though uh, a lot of people because of rising costs are leaving Atlanta. But uh, it's a black city, man. So it's a uh, and what is happening is going to happen to you know working people, but it's happening in a black neighborhood. So uh, yeah, Jamie, I, it was it was it was heartening to see and kind of uh, when I was feeling a little bit uh, a little bit pessimistic, you know, it kind of gave me the boost I needed to be like, nah, you know, we got this. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, yeah I was also very uh, heartened by the number of groups mm. that were involved. Mm. Black groups, in addition to the sort of not all white, but, you know, disproportionately white little group of anarchists. Mm. Uh, and I think the coalition building was very strong in this yeah. because, uh, you know, as a white anarchist adjacent type myself, I am kind of used to just thinking that nobody likes us <laughs> and nobody ever wants us anywhere. Uh, you know, you kind of start to believe that hype, whether it's coming from, you know, actual black activists or like the fucking misleadership class. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is often used to drive a wedge. Uh, not going to name any names, but... Um, Oh, God. No, not going to do it. Not going to yeah. do it. I've been yelled at before by people who were, you know, thought that who were supposed to be more progressive than they were. Anyway, um, I think the coalition building was strong and I will use as evidence one uh, a statement that was put out by Community Movement Builders, mm -hmm. which is uh, the I don't know if he's the leader or if he's the spokesman, but he's definitely a big guy in this uh, in this group. Kamal Franklin. Mm -hmm put out a statement about this march. And he said, you know, this is a community march. We've canvassed a lot of community members. There'll be a lot of regular people here, regular black people here, you know, regular working class people who, you know, haven't signed up for anything risky. So please do not do anything that will escalate it. Don't break the law in any way that will like rain vengeance down upon our heads. Although, you know, the cops still did do some asshole shit, mm -hmm. including... Uh, they detained 
a journalist at one point. They uh, they booted everyone's cars that had parked in a particular lot, a paid lot, mm. like people who paid to park there. But they were like, don't do anything that's going to make them react this way. Don't break any windows. You know, this is not the time for like direct action or whatever. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with said. that, but like, not that there's anything wrong with but, that. There's, th- this is not a judgment on those tactics in general. It's no. just not the right thing for today. And you know what? I really appreciated that. I, pre- I appreciate that too, because, um, you know, I, I, this is one thing that I was talking to you and I guess, excuse me, I guess we're kind of, well, since I wasn't there during your, the, the chronological events you're going through, this is just sort of like, I guess, post stuff to analysis, but like, you know, I was talking to you about, like, I wonder how much of this is um, sort of this adventurism for some people, you know? You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. that and I mean, look, dude, I, I guess there are worse things for you to do if you're doing this, like, uh, for adventurous reasons, right? Than, like, defend a forest, you know? Um, but I don't even think that matters, right? I don't even think that matters. And I think, again, like, these are claims that, you know, uh, liberals or the state specifically makes. But um, there are there are ways that, like, you know, people can plug in and I think there's like a role and a purpose for everybody. I think like those anarchists that are out there like in the forest or that are burning shit down, you know, I think like we need that. And hopefully uh, over time, gradually uh, we can uh, get everybody to be on board with uh, some of these more methods of direct action, but not everybody has to be, but there's still, my point is that there's a role for everybody, you know? So, but it is nice for Kamal Franklin to, uh, to put that to put that statement out and for people to be respectful of that and be like, all right, we can't wall out, you know? Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah. Everybody behaved themselves. Yeah. And I thought it was an example of like a much more functional coalition than I've seen in the past. And I think, you know, the fact that he is, uh, you know, working actively or even just rhetorically in alignment with these other kinds of tactics shows that um, these anarchists are serious, mm-hmm. you know? There's less adventurism and there's less... I mean, look, DSA Atlanta kind of fell apart because they did a very bad job building coalitions with black community members and community groups. So, yeah. you know, uh, these groups are not shy about telling you when you have fucked up. Hey, absolutely. So given that, I think it is a good sign that there's still so many, you know, good vibes all around. Absolutely. And I mean, it's only, it's, it's, I mean, I think like this is a, you know, this is a microcosm in Cobb City of like this larger movement or struggle for a multiracial working class movement, right? You know, I think like the last inklings that we saw of that, you know, and some people might roll their eyes, but it's true, you know, it's kind of the Bernie campaign. What came out of sort of, Bernie dovetailing with Black Lives Matter and Occupy, you know, but this is a, this is something that because it's in a city that like is, is predominantly black, but is always known itself, I guess, as the city too busy to hate, you know, and um, Jamie, you know, we've talked about this, uh, this sort of um, this compact, you know, the Atlanta way that white elites, you know, liberals, have with black elites and, you know, even church groups and whatnot or individuals where there's this sort of um, tenuous compact, right, um, where progress can be made, but just enough so that business gets done, you know. Um, yeah, I think like the, the, the way that to see the cop city movement mirror 
that collusion, right, and make it into solidarity between not just black people and white people, but like uh, environmentalists, you know, anarchists, you know, musicians, you know, like uh, people that are abolitionists, because all these things are tied together. Yeah, that's a that's that's the Atlanta way, man. You know, when they say the South will rise, like that's 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 the kind of shit that we need, you know, because if it's gonna happen anywhere. I think it's going to happen in the South, you know, and it might be Atlanta, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I often wonder if things are more likely to pop off uh, somewhere like, well, I mean, New York is also a Democrat controlled city. Atlanta is a Democrat controlled city as was pointed out many times at the rally Mm -hmm. by various angry people. Andre Uh, Dickens. Fuck you, you bastard. Mayor of Atlanta. That uh, is. The, the 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 phrase black misleadership class was spoken a lot. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You are, I mean it's the truth. You know, there <laughs> so are other things you can you know you can't say. Did. But no, that's exactly what they are. And I think like I think like also too, just one last thing I'll say, you know, about that tip is like, you know, I think that uh uh I I mean I can imagine, right, like um especially white liberals, right, being critical, right, of black leaders, right? But this is this obfuscation of race, right? Of racial liberalism, you know, where like, I mean, I I don't know how else to put it. I think everybody out there knows what I'm saying when I say that, like, you know, um, uh, uh, progress, um, identity for identity's sake, right? As this kind of like veneer of progress, you know, as if Keisha Lance Bottoms, who's the one that um, facilitated this entire cop city shit or Kasim Reed before her, Right. Who also helped pave the way for the further gentrification of Atlanta. Now, Andre Dickens, who when I used to uh, be involved in community organizing and I used to go to uh, uh, city hall meetings and he was when he was at large city council member, he would talk to organizers as if he really cared, you know. And now it's like (laughs) now to see it like it's it's not it's not surprising. You know what I mean? And um, I think that everyone should be ready to call that shit out, you know, Um, Especially if you call yourself a communist or a leftist or an anti-capitalist, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it was just nice. And like, look, I will admit, sometimes white anarchists do some dumb shit. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they lot. deserve to get yelled at a lot. But that I didn't see that happening. No, uh, <laughs> this week. No, not at all. And that made me that made me happy. No. I think. Uh, you know, you were right to be skeptical. I was right to be somewhat skeptical going in. Mm. Um, but I think I was really pleasantly surprised. I don't know. It's nice when it's nice when that happens. It's nice when that, it's nice when that happens. And you know what? You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody was just really nice, man. And, and you would hope that and that was expected. And I knew that going in, you know, um, the organizational capacity now um, um, is promising. And I think that seems to, that, uh, that remains to be seen, but it's promising. You know, I think that the coalition building, even the con- from the conversations that we were having in the meeting that we were at, I think that the fact that people are thinking about, okay, how can we get these different groups? And not only are they thinking about doing this, these different groups are getting on board, right? So, I mean, the clergy, especially, man, that's, that's, especially I think in Atlanta where like, I mean, the birthplace of the civil rights movement was like, you know, facilitated by the black church, you know, and I don't yeah. think motherfuckers know how radical. Remember the Saturday when um this one of these uh, pastors were speaking, and how radical. I mean, with liberation theology, I guess how radical. You know, so like she wasn't saying it in mm-hmm. so many words as I would. You know, because she's not blasphemous like I am. But fuck cops. That's what she was basically fucking <laughs> saying, dude. It was awesome, man. Yeah, it was so. Huh. It was great. Huh. 
And it was at the, the King Center. It was at the MLK Center. And people referenced his legacy many times mm. and said how Andre Dickens and others are just, you know, pissing all over it. Yeah, they if they're trying to sell this Cop City project. They're to sellouts. People of Atlanta. Look, I could say a lot of different words about him. Uh, definitely that you shouldn't say, Jamie. And I won't for uh, your ears <laughs> out there. Uh, but um, yeah, man, they're fucking sellouts, man. <laughs> they're fucking sellouts. <sighs> Not not great. No. Um, but so that was the last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day I left. I stayed a few days longer than I planned, mm-hmm. which was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually glad that I did because mm-hmm. I was really I was really happy to be there for the rally, yeah. um, even though I was like really cold and tired and wet by the end of it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I went back to the forest for one last breakfast because I was like, well, I'm picking someone up there and they're doing this like tasting of like things they made with foraged plants <laughs> and uh that seems like the kind of thing that would they do it in new york city and it would cost like a hundred dollars oh, so i'm like i i need to see what acorn flower pancakes with uh some kind of blossom syrup tastes like so i went i went back to there and they were just beginning this this big food autonomy festival they're doing a project to plant food bearing trees in the forest mm. um, and all kinds of cool like ecological restoration and uh, I'm it's I'm still on the group text it's gonna be on my mind can I, can I, a lot can I bring something else up to this other dimension that yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even notice like this other dimension that's like I guess a part of the environmentalist you know um, aspect of it and it's all of environmental I don't mean to say that any of these issues are uh, alienated from one another it's all intersectional but I like the fact that like it's like not survivalist, like fascist, right wing prepper doomer shit. You know what I mean? Like motherfuckers in their bunkers. But people are like, okay, like how do we like be self-sustainable in a forest? The forest has everything that we need, you know, because in my mind as an apocalyptician, I'm always like, yo, I got to learn how to like grow food. I got to learn how to like use a fucking bow and arrow. I got to learn how to ride a horse. But no, these people are just doing it now in the present because it's just a useful skill to have. And also, again, I don't know. It just makes you closer to nature, man. You know. So I, I, I really respect. Yeah. I really respect that they're not only just having events like that, but workshops. Right? There was a whole week of events where they were having not just tours, but like do this shit in the forest, learn how to do this thing, and you know. Well, cool. maybe when I come back, you and I can learn some skills. Learn how to set up a tent. Being podcasters. Learn how to set up a tent. Because like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that podcasting is going to be that useful when the shit hits the fan. No. Although we are good for the vibe. We're good conversationalists. I mean, not all podcasters, but like us specifically, you know. We're, 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 I, I'm willing to say that about myself and you. Listen, we boost, we boost morale, you know. My, my job would be the, the, the morale booster, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and a little bit more. You know, hype, hype man. Yeah, no, I got to learn how to grow some like, fucking food. I need to do that. Like, yeah, we definitely have to do a little bit more. Yeah. I wash that, dishes too. That dude. can be our. I'll be the communal yeah, blunt roller. Washing dishes. I washed, um, I washed my own dishes, if that counts. You did. I, uh, they were mostly done by the time I wandered over there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely help cook. I like to do that. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll learn some additional skills next time. Or, you know, you can learn them and then. Show them to me over Zoom or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, show you how to plant over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you can show me how to grow food yeah. over Zoom. Um, but let's see what are our, what are our takeaways from this? Because I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think it kind of clicked into place last night. Actually, 
when I was at session one of DSA night school that Jorge and I are involved with, where we talked about sort of utopian socialism Mm. and some of these early utopian experiments where people thought, oh, we're just going to go off on our own and have a commune Mm. where everyone is equal. And, you know, the rest of the world will see what a good example we've set and just, you know, they're going to do it too. And that's how we get socialism. Mm. And obviously there are some steps missing there. A lot, right? there are a lot of steps because, missing Because, <laughs> uh, you know, like A, you can't really do communism within when the whole world is capitalist. That's just not possible. Yeah. It's still going to be shot through with all these, uh, all these dynamics. Uh, also, like, even if you could make like a perfectly little socialist world for yourself on an island somewhere, like that doesn't mean that the rest of the world is going to go that way. We still have to struggle. And I think one way that you square the circle of these missing steps is, you know, like what if we had a nice little utopian commune where everyone takes care of each other uh, in the very spot where they're trying to build a cop city? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like that might be some of the missing step, right? Like some of these communities that have popped up, not just here, but other places. I know uh, the roundabouts in France during the Yellow Vest movement had a lot of sort of community care resources as well. Uh, Lots of other countries too that I probably just don't know that much about. Uh, Like in sort of a a quasi-insurrectionary scenario, which, uh, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but it was... It, it has been bold at times, uh, trying to physically stop them from building the city for cops and the Hollywood soundstage. Um, if you can combine that, if you can combine like direct struggle, uh, struck class struggle, uh, obviously it's also a racialized struggle. Anytime we're talking about the cops and abolition in this country. Um, if you can combine that with, uh, this sort of prefigurative politics where you have a nice community and model what it means to take care of each other. Uh, that seems like we might be getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, while you were talking, I was thinking about, um, um, that book that we had read and we did, we interviewed, um, we interviewed Emmy O'Brien, um, and mm-hmm. her, 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 her name is slipping my name right now. I'm so sorry, but you guys should. A man. I'm on. Yes. Yes. Um, Abdul Hadi. Exactly. And we read there, we spoke up to them about their book, um, about this futuristic or near future worldwide revolution that takes place very much, I guess, along the lines of communization theory, Jamie, which, uh, you are a big proponent of. And I also, I fuck with it. Yo, so what up? What up? So it's like, you know, we, I don't know, did we sometimes use all these labels, you know, as leftists and we kind of um, um, uh, compartmentalize ourselves, you know, based on a a theory or a praxis, you know, and I guess, you know, I'm guilty of calling myself a Marxist Leninist. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't think these labels really. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I'm like, not there's anything wrong with them fucking tanky. No, but realistically, though, seriously, (laughs) I don't think any of these differences matter because there's no. Marxist Leninist political party for me to express my political views. I mean, none of this, none of this matters in the in the nuances that people, especially online, like to debate about. You know about these, you know, the uh, uh, dead movements from like you know decades or a hundred years ago. But what was appealing about this was sort of the spontaneity and the autonomy, 
and the willingness to be malleable and adapt. And also that invites uncertainty and sure it invites fear and it invites uh, instances where people were completely unaware or did not expect for the cops to raid on Saturday, um, Sunday rather. But I think this is like, I know I'm less and less, am I less, less, I'm more, how can I put it? I'm more questioning what the party means to me and what a party organization looks like when something like this is happening, where there are so many different disparate but interconnected groups and true coalition building going on that I don't think could be done as well by maybe a central party, right? You know, this is something that's organic and it's like kind of like this, it's kind of interesting to, 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 well, I want to be a part of, but to have been a part of this for a few days and continuously so, hopefully, and sort of uh, have my own political development about the world that I want to see. And um, that book, you know, uh, again, um, by Amy O'Brien and Aman, I think that, so um, Dottie, I think that you guys should look, go back and listen to that interview. I think that that, that I almost not, you know, I've also been writing speculative fiction. So my mind has been a, a lot of near futures or lost futures, possible futures. But I was like, man, this could be a, this struggle for Cop City almost sounds like a chapter in their book, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, it really does. The Atlanta commune. Yeah, man. And it's like, um, you know, to, to go back to reality, though, I think uh, my main takeaway, Jamie, I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. And I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. And, you know, I think that, again, if it's going to happen, I think a lot about, too, um, um, the Communist Party, right, um, trying to organize black sharecroppers, right? And I'm talking about these two seemingly disparate groups and all these different groups coming together. And also, I got to say, well, the, the, the queer people that were there and the trans people that were there, you know what I mean? Especially at a time in, their, in, our, in this country where, like, I mean, not that this has not always been the case, but where they're fucking being genocided, you know? And to see that they were supported, you know, by, like, community members, by clergy, that that wasn't even a fucking question. And there were kids there. I mean, dude, I'm about to cry. Like, it was just so fucking beautiful, man. Like, and that's the kind of shit that, like... You know, my main takeaway is that I have hope, right? This shit is terrifying. And I'm also overwhelmed about how to plug in and continue doing this shit now that you're gone because I want to plug in. But it's like, like, I'm like, it's not over, you know, like they kill somebody. And I I mean, these fucking pigs, they kill somebody. And I really do think like, and I think I know that they, they, they know that this is the kind of, that this dissuades and discourages people, right? It's not just the domestic terrorism charges, but the fact they actually fucking kill somebody. You know, and the fact that Tort's mom had come, their mom had come, you know, and said, like, no, like their their message. Right. And what they believed in, like, we have to carry that torch. You know what I mean? Like, ah, man. All right. I'm done talking. That shit was this shit. Is, this 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 is the kind of shit uh. that, like, you know, makes me look at the future. And I'm just kind of like, it could be really fucking bad or we can make it really fucking great. You know? Yeah. So. I love it that Tortuguita came to this country for college mm. and it didn't take that long for them to become a full-fledged anarchist. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Just like this fucking shit, this fucking bullshit. And I don't know, you know, maybe they were kind of leaning that way before. Also, it's like a time in a young person's life when you are becoming what you are, college. Mm. Right. But you, um, well, you think you, you think know. you are and you don't you're trying to become this yeah. person that you're not even sure of and to, to, to become a forest defender, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure Jorge will appreciate 
that uh, that only happened once they moved from Venezuela mm-hmm. to the United States of America. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Critical support and whatnot. I don't know. Jorge loves he loves that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just had to throw that in there. But yeah, it was really affecting to see um, to see Tort's mom. Uh, I I knew that you would appreciate the uh, the direct action aspect of all of this, mm-hmm. Aaron. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when the bourgeois political system fails, yeah. which it always which it does. Always is incapable. This the, 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 the get so ahead, Jamie. I don't want to cut you off, but you're absolutely right. Go ahead. <laughs> ah, I was just going to say, you know, we can take matters into our own Dude. hands. You don't have to ask for anyone's permission. You don't have nope. to vote for anyone to do it for you. You can just fucking do it yourself, by which I mean do it together. Yes. Right. Yes. Because we are all doing it together with our comrades. Yeah. Also, too, this is just like, you know, last thing I'll say, this is like, this is the only response like that the state has. Right. Like the state, like the liberal bourgeois state, in my opinion, like there's not there's not going to be another like new deal right there's not going to be another tenuous contract between labor and capital right not 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 in my opinion right like this system is incapable of doing anything good for anybody anymore you know the only thing that it can do is fucking build playgrounds for cops you know what i mean and maybe build you oh and don't forget movies yeah yeah that too and entertainment and maybe make some really great movies really great movies maybe give you a seawall or two when this when the fucking oceans come and shit but like no man this is like the only thing that they can do you know so uh like to see people recognize that you know and people to be for people to be horrified by that. I mean, it's just it's just so dystopian, man. So, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. God. But you know what? We're not gonna give up. Hell no. I feel like you know I go through peaks and valleys myself as a political actor who does things besides just podcast. Mm. But uh, this made me feel really good again, and like. Like, this is the next wave of struggle. This is a, a new eruption of left populist energy uh, against all of the bad things we're against. Mm-hmm. You know, capital, the state, white supremacy, police, bosses, landlords, the cops, mm-hmm. especially the fucking especially cops, the fucking all of cops. that shit. Uh, and, you know, since, since, the George, George, since the George Floyd uprising, these movements have been regrouping a little bit. Uh, you know, the police were not really defunded in any major way. Uh, most parts of the country, Mm -hmm. uh, there was no major legislation to come out of this. Um, environmentalists are also on their backs. You know, Joe Biden just signed, uh, a bill. What was it? A bill, a measure to allow drilling in the, uh, Alaskan. I've sold two doubt of national politics. I don't even know what's going on. In the, in, in the Alaskan wilderness, which he promised shit. he would not do. And now I'm just like, God damn it. Am I going to have to camp in fucking Alaska? <laughs> fucking Joe Biden. It's so cold in Alaska. It is so yeah, much colder you than you it is in Atlanta. It's very, but so much colder. You would have made it to Alaska. I don't think I would have uh, to be fair. Oh, uh, yeah. But like now I, I feel like I'm in the struggle. And I feel like these movements, you know, the movement against police and prisons, the movement to defend the environment... They're, they're coming back. They're not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, we have to be able to ride the waves. We have to be able to, you know, in times of kind of, you know, regrouping, maybe we'll do some poly-ed, not education on how to be polyamorous. That's political <laughs> education. For those following along at home, I know uh, 
You know, my boyfriend got a little concerned the other night when I was like, I'm going to poly ed. He's like, what now? What now? No, no. Political <laughs> education. But um, Political education. No, We're not going to be poly. That's, uh, that's not for no, us. No, that's, but, that's um, no, that's not. No, not that there's anything wrong with that's that. For the, that's for the luxury uh, gay space communistic Star Trek uh, utopia that uh, will uh, flower and blossom yeah. forth, right? Yeah, maybe when we get that, yeah. we can like talk about it yeah. some more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the poly people get a lot of shit though. I don't want to shit on the poly people. Don't don't even make I feel them like mad. I've, I feel like I've been guilty. You know, there's so they, there's so many of them, you know? Mm-hmm. You piss off one, you piss, you piss off, off a whole well, polycule. Yeah, exa- exactly. They're like they're don't like the mush, they're like us. the cordyceps from uh, Last of Us, you know. When uh oh, no. oh yeah, you haven't even seen that, so you didn't even get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> no, I refuse to watch that show. I told you, dude, dude, it's I not. I am afraid of zombies. You should, you should watch it only because uh, a show with Pedro Pascal ferrying uh, a small child is is always a good bit. Well, I'm happy that you have gotten some enjoyment from the show. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but uh, no, have I have I even spoken about this on the podcast, or is this just something that you guys know and make fun of me for? What? The fact that I'm afraid of zombies. I don't under. Well, you like <laughs> vampires, but you're afraid of zombies. I don't get it. Yeah. They're basically um, like cousins. They're. I don't know. They give. Oh, excuse me. They're like cousins. They're like the. the, 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 the listen, the zombie is the cousin of the vampire that like he doesn't really want anyone to see. You know what I mean? When people come over, he's like, yeah, that's my cousin. That's my cousin on the couch. Needs a job. A vampire likes brains. Is a sexy, sexy, refined. Exactly creature with uh you know they're often very well read they have good taste in um art and books because they're basically like uh you know a lot of them are like the feudal aristocracy uh, 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 or at least they're coded as that habitual liars serial liars sociopaths you know well you know not all vampires okay zombies though are just like you know, they're basically not alive. They're not human anymore. They're driven by their brain stem only, I guess, depending on the zombie lore. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter because one of those things gives me horrible nightmares and the other one doesn't. Look, I'm not a fucking child. Okay? <laughs> like I can sit through a zombie show and even enjoy it, but it is not worth it for the well, g- days and days, maybe- nights and nights worth of like horrible nightmares that it gives me. Well, you'll, you'll be happy to know that Last of Us doesn't have much actual zombie action. Anyway, we're getting out of, let's talk about, we're going to close shop. <laughs> we're getting out, we're getting into fucking, we're going to get me into, into why, you should, territory. why you should watch the show that I don't even like. That is also about the, uh, the, the world being reclaimed by a forest, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's going to happen one way or another, probably. I don't know if mushroom forest, I guess. Anyway. All right. Is uh, is there anything else we want to cover? Oh, um, before we go, we should do some plugs, uh, including for our own Patreon. Yes. If you like what you hear and want to, you know, encourage us to keep doing it, you can go to patreon.com slash everybody loves communism or fans.fm slash everybody loves communism. And give us your money, please. Please. Uh, we just had a, we just had an episode actually that we did with Fred Sharman, author of Space Forces: A Critical History of Life in Outer Space, in which we talked to him about the history of space exploration, colonization, Russian cosmicism. Uh, we talked about Werner von Braun. We talked about NASA. Jesse Strickland, 
someone who I didn't even know existed. Uh, look him up. A uh, black guy uh, in charge of uh, some big NASA department, uh, as well as uh, outreach uh, with uh, black communities. But anyway, uh, amazing two hour and a half long interview about future, the space, dystopias, utopias. Uh, it's on the Patreon. So check it out. Everybody loves communism. That's right. Check it out. Um, also, I have a new Vampire Castle coming out with Leslie Lee. He said it should be ready on Friday. So that's exciting. What did we talk about in it? I don't know. I went to Atlanta right afterwards and it scrambled my brains. It'll be a nice surprise for me as mm. well as for the rest of you, like what this episode even is. But uh, I'm sure it's great. I remember having a good time talking to Leslie, actually. Um, and oh, one more thing I wanted to plug is uh, this coming Saturday... If anyone is in the New York City area, there is going to be a launch event for a book that some of my friends did on the George Floyd uprising. You know, I'll, I'll call them comrades because that makes it sound more official and serious. Um, it's going to be at Woodbine Space at 7 p.m. this coming Saturday, March 18th. I'm not sure if this episode is going to be out by then, but hopefully it will. Um, I'm definitely going to be there. There's going to be a book, little book release party and discussion with some of the editors and I think I'm hosting the panel. Oh. I'm not a hundred percent clear on this, but once I got roped into, or once I said I was going, my friend was like, also, do you want to host the panel? And I was like, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, you know, T TVD on that, but it looks like that's happening. Yeah. Well, did I, did I put all the pertinent information in there, Aaron? If you were a New York area person, would you know how to find yes, it? Yes, I would. Okay, great. Um, I am still a little tired from my long drive back from Atlanta. So it's always good to check and see if I did it right. Didn't leave out any of the facts. Um, shout out to the adorable non-binary Zoomer kid who helped us drive back. Yes. Um, I was a little nervous. My friend who I went with waited until the day before we left, actually, to, to tell me that... Um, we didn't have anyone to help us drive back. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Cause he doesn't drive and it's a lot of driving for it's pretty know, one spider to do. Yeah. It's a lot of driving for one little spider. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. How am I going to get back? Turns out I met a I met a new friend, you met a friend. We've a, met a, lot of a friends. new comrade and a new friend who was adorable, a uh, small young non-binary comrade who was like, oh my God, you remind me of my aunt. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like, no, my aunt's, my aunt's really young and cool. And I was like, okay, great. And then we had a great time Sweet. together. So shout out to you. I don't know if you want me to use your name or not. So yeah. I'll just say, well, thank you. Shout friend. out to you, comrade. Thank you, comrade. Thank you, friend. And uh, you did a great job helping drive and it made it possible for me to come home. <laughs> uh, all right. Are we done? All right. We yeah, we about ready right. to wrap, wrap it up. It up. All, right. All right, it's finished. All right. Bye. Until next time, there is no reading, but... Uh, do the occupy. Do the direct action. Do the camping. Do the direct do action. Do the direct action. There you go. Right. Do the camping. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.